Hey guys, this is Ray Peoples. I'm the campus pastor at New City Church in Merriam, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and special thanks in advance to those of you who give generously to New City. You're the ones that make this ministry possible. And to partner with New City, click the link in the description below. I hope this message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. And if it does, don't forget to subscribe, share it on social media, and send it to your friends. Enjoy the message. Glad that you're with us this morning. My name is Ray. I'm our campus pastor here and glad that you're with us today. And we are continuing on in a series that we're calling Advent Conspiracy. And the idea behind this series is that we are flipping Christmas upside down and what culture has created Christmas to be and remembering really the main reason for Christmas, that being Jesus himself, all right? And so unfortunately last week we had the snow uh, and all that craziness and so we had to cancel and so um, we were out in the lobby last week uh, after we had kind of set everything up, we were ready to go, right? And then we ended up having to cancel and uh, Doug Eichmann, he asked me, he said, hey, can you give us like a quick two-minute sermon? And I don't think he expected me to, but then I just like busted out this little like, hey, main point sermon for him real quick. But that's what you're going to get this morning in a quick review of what we would have talked about last week. All right. And then we're going to move into what we're talking about this week. All right. So are you ready for that? All right. I'll try to keep my pace slow, but fast enough that we can cover what we wanted to cover. And the cool thing is that what we talked about last week obviously works right into uh, what we're talking about this week. Okay. So here we go. All right. Two minute two-minute drill. Now, I want you to understand in no way I'm making light of what we were going to talk about next week or last week, okay? Like this, this speed here, if you will. All right, so here we go. In Matthew chapter 2, we see uh, the wise men show up on the scene from the Far East, right? And they come and they are bringing gifts. Now, gifts are an important part and piece of the Christmas story. And these three pieces or gifts that these wise men bring are gifts of honor and respect for Jesus and who he is and who they've heard he is, right? Because they've heard a new king has been born. And so they bring these gifts and the gifts that they bring are gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now here's the thing. Gold is a gift for a king, right? It is a kingly gift. But then they also bring frankincense, And frankincense was used in the temple for sacrifice and blessing. And so this is showing kind of a a foreshadowing or a picture of who Jesus is going to be as the great high priest in this gift that they're giving. But then also they give myrrh, okay? And myrrh was often used for embalming of of a high level priest or king. And so they're bringing this. And that's also foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do on the cross for us and for others on that day. And so these three gifts have and bring this this great wealth to him as Jesus the king. Okay. Now, here's the thing about those gifts. All right. Jesus himself was a great gift. Right. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Jesus was the perfect gift, in fact, for each of us and for what we have received. So here's the thing with Jesus being the perfect gift, all right? Number one is this. The gift was personal, right? The gift was personal. Jesus was a personal gift to us, but also those gifts were personal from the wise men. And so uh, all of this happens to fulfill the prophecy, but in Matthew 1:23 we see this. Uh, they're speaking and they say this, they say, virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, and it's like in parentheses right here for us, right? But which means God with us. You see, Jesus is a personal gift that was given. 
Now, that's a beautiful picture I think that we oftentimes take for granted, that this is a personal gift. And he left his kingdom seat in heaven to come and be in the lowest form of a baby who would need care from his, his earthly mother and father. And then he would grow into this adult that he would become. Right? But he is a personal, personal gift. All right, the next one is this, is that the gift of Jesus was costly. Right? The gift of Jesus was costly. There was great sacrifice from Jesus. Again, leaving the heaven seat and coming and being with us, putting on human flesh, and he would experience the same things we experience. And in that, we see in the scripture him uh, experiencing hunger, uh, hurt, pain, tiredness, and so much more. But he gave all those things up for you and for me. Right? And so when Paul says in Philippians 2, look, he, he assumed the form of a slave by becoming a man. Yes, He gave up everything, right? It was costly. But then there's this great piece that goes with that, and it's this, the final piece that we were going to cover last week, and we're even going to get to expound on it this week, so I'm pretty excited about that. But here we go, all right? That this gift of Jesus is for all people, right? This gift of Jesus was for all people. And in Luke, he's writing, and he's talking about the shepherds and their encounter with the angel, and the angel says this. He says, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. You see, this gift that has come, this king that has come, this Jesus that has come is for all people. Now, shepherds, guess what? You're going to get to experience it firsthand. You're going to be the first ones on the scene, right, to see this baby that has been born. But this gift will not only be for you, it will be for all people. And then in verse 11, today a Savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough or in a manger. Right? Now, here's the thing. When we see Jesus grow from this baby into this adult and he goes out and he begins to live his life, we see that his love is for all people. Right? He is this gift for all people. And it's not limited to the elites, the priests, and those that were perfectly following the law, or so they thought. But he even goes to those that maybe were outcast and put to the side. And his connection was for all people, all right? So there's your two-minute summary of last week, that the gift was personal, that the gift was costly, but yet the gift of Jesus is for all people, all right? Now, let's go back to our four kind of topics that we've been talking about, all right? Worshiping fully, right? Worshiping fully. Then we talked about spending less. And then last week, we were going to talk about giving more, Jesus giving more of his life and everything that he has. But then today, we're going to begin to talk about loving all, okay? Now, if this gift is for all, right, then we need to share the fact that his love is for all. And so I think that's one of the greatest callings for us as believers and followers of Jesus is that we share this gift in a way that it is for all, that it's not limited to certain people, but it is open and available for any and everyone who might decide to take part, right? It's a gift that is available for any and all. Now, here's the thing. Our culture has kind of twisted this word love, right? Haven't we? I mean, we use it so, so often, and we've talked about this before, but like, uh, I love those presents, right? I love this time of year. I love the lights. I love the festivities of Christmas. I love cake. I love you, right? Like, I love, 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 and we use it so much, 
that sometimes love can easily get watered down. But when we talk about this statement of loving all, I think the other side of that can get watered down too, like this idea of all. And so we have what is formed in our culture, this kind of us and them, right? There's no all about it. It's us and them. And, and here's the thing, like uh, we, we really saw this this past week, all right, in the world of politics. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to get into like which side you should fall on and all that. Like we're not going to have a political conversation, all right? But what I want you to see is this, that, is that our country is at this literal polar opposite, like it is us and them. There is no all. It is us and them. And this tweet showed up this past week. I was looking through Twitter and this tweet showed up. 900 people were asked, what do you think of the impeachment? All right. Now look at this. 48% in favor. 48% opposed. 4% undecided or declined. We are at a literal us and them. Right? We are at a literal us and them. So here's what I want to say to us this morning as followers and believers of Jesus. All right, here's this. I truly believe as followers of Jesus, we are in a place of needing to rest in this more than ever. That the reality being that the gospel and Jesus are greater than anything else. Right? In politics or any, any other dividing hot topic, Jesus is greater. And there is not any party line that will be a barrier to the gospel, that the gospel cannot cross. It won't happen. Like the gospel is greater. Jesus is better than all of that. And may this season be a reminder for us in that, right? That Jesus is far greater than this polar opposite us and them mentality that we have. And uh, man, politics is not the only area of that either, is it? Like there are multiple cultural things that it is us and them, right? And we can even get that way in the church. Like we're believers, they're not. Ouch, right? Like we set up this barrier or this line and say, this is it. No, no. Look, this gift, Jesus and his love, it's for all. It's for everyone to come and experience. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Luke 14. We're going to be spending a little bit of time there this morning, all right? Now, this is a little bit further along in Jesus' ministry than the Christmas story, okay? But I think at this point, Jesus has kind of established, look, I have come to share with you my kingdom, okay? And they're trying to figure out kind of what that means. Like, you're talking a lot about this kingdom that you're going to build, but what is this kingdom that you're going to build, okay? And so at this point, Jesus has come into the house of a prominent Pharisee leader. Like he is sitting down with a Pharisee in his home with all of these other unique individuals and people. Okay, kind of the high priest, if you will, of the time. And so he sits down with them in their house and he begins just kind of watching and scanning, right? Now, right before this, Jesus has healed someone on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees and leaders are like, ah, oh, we don't do anything on the Sabbath, but you're healing people. And he kind of questioned them and said, hey, is it all right to heal folks on the Sabbath? And they don't say anything. So what does he do? He goes ahead and he, he heals the person, right? But then they later invite him into their home. And so here he is sitting in their home, okay? And they're all sitting around. And so in verse 8, and I love how this is phrased, it says, Jesus makes a suggestion, right? Like, Okay, if Jesus made a suggestion, I'd probably take it, right? But here's what he says in verse 7 of Luke 14, all right? When Jesus noticed 
that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice or this suggestion. When you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit at the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you'll be embarrassed and you'll have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table, the end of the table, right? So you won't be chilling in the middle. You're going to be all the way at the end because you've now taken the highest point. But this now distinguished guest has come and they're going to place them there and you're going to get moved to the very end of the table. But look here in verse 10. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when the host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all of the other guests, right? You will be brought up from the end of the table to the head of the table. You'll be brought forward to the front. And then he makes this statement. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, right? And those who humble themselves will be exalted, now, here's the, here's the fun thing with how Jesus works with words. He's talking about himself and what he's going to do, like what he's about to do, right? But he has greatly humbled himself by coming to earth in the form of a child, and now he will be exalted and raised up for what he is going to do. And what he's going to do is exalt, or excuse me, humble himself. And so he's sharing with them and showing them, look, humbleness is needed. And he's, so he's humbled himself in his birth, but he's about to humble himself at the cross. You see that? Like he has already humbled himself once, but he's going to continually do it through his ministry in the gospels, but then also do it again at the cross. So then in verse 12, it says this, then he turned to the host. Uh Oh, here we go. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. You see? So give them a gift that they cannot repay, because my kingdom is all about no expectation of return. Right? So give them a gift. And guess what? This gift, my gift, is for all with no expectation of return. But then he continues on and he begins talking about this grand banquet that will be hosted. Right? And he says this. Or actually, somebody, somebody makes a, a, a comment, if you will. Uh, what a blessing it would be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Like, how cool would that be? It would be pretty cool. And so verse 15, look here. Hearing a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaiming, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story, all right? A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. And we read through these excuses and we're like, what? Okay, but here we go. One said, I have just bought a field and I must go inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pair of oxen and I want to go try them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I just got married so I can't come. Right? Like, what excuses are these that they have put in place? They have been invited to this banquet, this grand banquet, but yet they have now come up with these excuses. 
And don't we see that when this gift of Jesus is offered, right? Or maybe you've talked to somebody about a relationship with Jesus and beginning a relationship with Jesus, and they've just come up with these excuses, right? And maybe they're as silly as, I've got five oxen and i got to go try them out. But here's the thing. Look what he says in verse 21. The servant then returned and told his master what they have said. And his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the towns and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now remember who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to high priests. He's talking to Pharisees. He's talking to leaders of the law. And he is saying, Look, this banquet manager or banquet hostess is saying, Go get those people. Right? And those people were which people? Those people were the outcast. Those folks, the high leaders would think, because of their sin, they have these problems. And Jesus is saying, this banquet host is saying, go get them and bring them into the banquet. Let them enjoy the banquet and let them eat here at your table. And so he says, go quickly into the streets and, and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported there is still room for more. Like this was a grand banquet. This was a big party and nobody wanted to come. So his master said, all right, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Now, there's some significance there in, those, in, the, in that language. The country lanes and behind the hedges. These are folks that are beyond the outcast. Like you've got the outcast, the crippled, and the lame, right? Those typically would sit at the city gates or right outside the city walls. And they would beg for things. But then you had the outcast of the outcast who would have to go and actually like hide themselves and get themselves away from the city Altogether, And he says, no, no, invite them too. Like invite them to the banquet too, because this table is open for anyone and everyone to come and be a part of. You see, the gift of Jesus is for anyone. The gift of Jesus is open for anyone. This gift is for all, all people who are willing to accept it, the fortunate or the less fortunate. And we've said it every week as we've walked through this series, like the Christmas story still has the power to change the world. Why? Because the Christmas story is the story of Jesus, and Jesus still has the power to change the world. And so we, we have this opportunity then to trust in that. We have this opportunity to, to see and to share and go and say, all right, look, this message is for all right? This message isn't just for Democrats. This message isn't just for Republicans. This message isn't for this person with this thought or this person with this thought. This is for all. Jesus is for all. Can you say that with me, right? Like, Jesus is for all. Oh, let's do it again. Here we go. Jesus is for all, right? This gift is for all people to accept and to have. The banquet table is open for any and all to come and experience. But again, we have to make that decision, right? We have to have that decision. We can't put up the excuses. We have to take the invite and move forward to the banquet. Now, we have been working on and looking to ministering to folks in our community, right? And that's one of the things that we really want to grow on and build on is taking this message to all 
And so you guys have been bringing your donations each week and putting those in our big box. And it doesn't look like there's a lot of them because we've been cleaning them out every week, right? But we've actually accumulated quite a few things. So thank you for that. Thank you for bringing that. And today at our Shawnee campus, here's what we're doing, okay? We've got, I think, about 15 families that are going to be coming and they're going to be shopping from those things. But here's the more important thing is that we are going to continue to talk to those people as they're shopping and walking through there. And we're going to ask them, you know, do you go to church? What's your relationship with Jesus look like? And begin to have conversations with them because Jesus is for all, right? But what happens if we take that to our workplace or we take that even to our schools? Like there's opportunities there for us that Jesus is for all. Right? And you may have that coworker or that person in your life or even that family member that you're like, I just don't know what Jesus could do with them. <laughs> right? Like, I just don't know. But here's the great thing Jesus can do it because he's greater than that, right? He is greater than that. And this story is for everyone. So I want to encourage you this afternoon, if you could, if you just kind of stop and think about it around one o'clock or so, if you would just pray for those folks that are coming to that donation station, if you will, and coming to also hear, they're going to hear a little bit about Jesus. And so if you could be praying for them and lifting that up, all right? Because this message is for all. And then there's this other piece of it of, that we've been talking about, and we didn't really get to talk about last week, which is unfortunate, but we have this special offering that we're going to be taking today, okay? And this is going to be above kind of your regular tithe, all right, if you feel led to give to it. But here's the thing. We're going to be taking a special offering for two organizations, all right? The first one is City Union Mission down in Kansas City, right? They have multiple places all across the city, the metro, and we're going to be giving part of our donation to them. The other one we're going to be giving our donation to is House of Hope, right over here on Antioch Drive Road, Antioch, okay? And it's going to be right over there for them, okay? But here's the thing about those organizations is this. They give to physical need, yes, but they also give to spiritual need. And they talk about spiritual need, and they walk through spiritual need, and so that's why we're supporting them with this offering, all right? So here in the next few minutes, Morgan's going to come up, and we're going to take first this special offering, all right? So if you're on the inside of the aisle, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As she starts playing, I'm going to pray first, okay? But then as she starts uh, playing through this song, if you would, you can take that bucket there, okay? So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for today. And Lord, we thank you so much for this gift that you have given. Your son, Jesus. And Lord, may we not take that for granted. Lord, that your gift was a perfect gift. And a perfect gift that was laid down for us in an awesome, awesome way. And Jesus, we thank you for humbling yourself so that you may be exalted and exalted in such a grand, grand way. But Father, as we go into this week and as we go into encountering other people in our daily lives of work and, and just our regular rhythms, may we remember that this gift is for all. And whether that person maybe makes us angry or frustrated or that looks like, Lord, that you are for them as well. And you are a gift that continues to give. And we thank you for that. And so, Lord, 
in these next couple days as we begin to give gifts and meet with family and get together and all those different things, may we remember that your child was born for us. And we thank you for it. And we praise you in your son's name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. And thank you for supporting New City Church's ministry. If this inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Have a great day.